This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Eyes On podcast. Eyes On Arts and Culture. Arts and Culture. As I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be using arts and culture the entire hour because this is exactly what we're trying to encapsulate on Eyes On today. We spoke about the Noon Arts Award. We spoke about the Sharjah Museum's Authority Ambassadors Program, which again, if you are between the ages of 13 and 17, interested in museums, interested in art history, all these things, check out the Sharjah Museum's Authority website. Now we go back to Focal Point 5. But yesterday we were talking to somebody who was working behind the scenes And now we're talking to somebody who is also behind the scenes But also is involved in the art itself and Focal Point 5 as well She is Mozel Hamrani, if you guys remember We did have a make a video together a good while back And she is also part of the community team at Sharjah Art Foundation And as I mentioned, she's an artist who is participating at... Focal Point 5. Welcome back, Moza. Hi. Good to have you back. I mean, good to have you back. It's so exciting to hear <laughs> from you. And go ahead and tell us about your collaboration because obviously you and I are friends. So I did see and I do know I do have a bit of an idea of what your collaboration is. It's on your Instagram page and it was quite interesting. It's a collaboration with Thalath. Yes, so this year I'm working with local casual wear brand Tarath on a small series of uh, embroidered linen bowling shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tarath's concept is to release limited edition uh, designs. They focus on releasing three different variations of their designs each season. Mm-hmm. So um, they were interested in collaborating with me and I was more than open to it, um, thankfully, because um, I really like wearable art and I was looking for the opportunity to do something like this with a brand that I trust. So we're releasing um, three different designs as per the Thalath tradition mm-hmm. uh, with three different um, three different copies per design for Focal Point. Um, so Focal Point was the supporting force for us to do this. Like we were encouraged to do this because Focal Point was coming up. I was just chatting to you a little bit before we went on air and I was telling you about Ahmed Maki yesterday and my chat with him and him saying that Focal Point is trying to kind of take all these multidisciplinary ideas when it comes to art and especially when it comes to printing or publishing and when he said that I had to literally step back and look at everything around me and think wow everything is truly an art form so with that in mind what made you think or come up with the idea of embroidery literally publishing art like you said wearable art on a shirt oh a korean fortune teller told me to <laughs> i love that so much <laughs> i'm just kidding but i did go i did go to a fortune teller once and she told me that i would find a lot of good fortune in fashion design wow. and i was like it's not really my forte however mm-hmm. uh, i was interested interested in um creating my own articles of clothing. Mm-hmm. However, I needed the expertise of someone who's actually um, familiar with, with the art of making clothing. True. Um, that's how the collaboration with Thalath came to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've seen the works of people such as uh, Salim Azam, for example. He's an illustrator turned fashion designer, and I mm. absolutely love his work. Um, I feel like this is 
like his work is is a lot of his illustration work just transformed into wearable art and i was so impressed by that and um, somewhat inspired to do something uh, similar i personally like a lot of bowling shirts again as i mentioned um, so that that was sort of my agenda that i tried to push mm-hmm. uh, yeah that makes sense because i i've been trying to get into wearable art as you called it because one it's supporting all these artists everywhere but yes commercially available t-shirts are beautiful and interesting in their own way but usually those kind of t-shirts when an artist puts their blood sweat and tears that's one part but also they feel a lot more relatable in what they're trying to convey and I love what you said about Thalat because I was going to ask you why did you collaborate with Thalat but you kind of already answered that with the idea that they wanted to collaborate with you, that's the first thing. And second, that they had quite an interesting concept, which is releasing limited edition pieces. And what about limited edition pieces that made you go, wow, this is something I want to be involved in? Because I'm, I'm not I'm not a clothing maker. <laughs> and uh, again, you just, you mentioned it's wearable art. So um, in that sense, like whoever owns a piece, it's very special to them. And each piece is gonna be is gonna be unique, I guess, in that sense. And um, yeah, I, I just want, wanted to mention that the collaboration itself was very organic. The person behind the brand is also a colleague of mine, Heba Husni. Um, I've actually been like a, a good customer. I've, I've, she saved me numerous times with with multiple uh, exhibition openings and events mm-hmm. uh, with vibrant and clean cut clothing. Um, so the, again, like if I was to collaborate with someone, it has to be uh, someone that I personally enjoy the work of or someone I trust in that sense. Um, and again, I adore the concept of not having to reproduce everything like a myriad numbers of times. Mm-hmm. Because eventually it, uh, eventually it can lose uh, its substance when it's like uh, mass produced. And Talat doesn't do that. Talat like they actually go and, and um, make the piece like one by one. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not mass produced in the same sense as, as uh, collaborating with a bigger company or a bigger factory. I love that very much with you explaining the idea of it being a limited piece and also these, let's call it the specialness behind having something limited edition like that. Now, speaking about other collaborations, you're also part of the artists who have published something in Corniche or at least Corniche 4. This is the fourth edition of Corniche, which is an interesting illustrations book. Can you tell us what Corniche is about? And is this the first time you have your artwork on Corniche? So Corniche is an annual comic book anthology published by Sharjah Art Foundation. It groups groups local and regional artists in one big collection of eclectic and uh, exciting comics. Mm -hmm. Uh, Corniche came to be actually through um, a three-day comic workshop in which my colleague Nasr Nasrallah invited um, about 15 artists to come in for three days and brainstorm together and um, come up with comics. Basically, each artist was required to come up with an eight-page comic in which they would print it themselves. Mm-hmm. And the foundation would buy these comics and showcase them in focal point. However, plot twist, um, <laughs> third day, uh, as the artists were like sitting and brainstorming, the idea of collecting all of these comics and putting them in one book came to be. 
And then we got actually support from the foundation to push that through. So uh, in the first edition, me and my colleague Nasser worked on it. I actually did the layout for the first book. Wow. So I turned, I turned from a contributor to the book. I was just invited as an illustrator mm-hmm. uh, to someone who's actually working on the book itself. And then afterwards, I have published a comic in each other edition of uh, Karnish. So this is going to be my fourth contribution and wow. the third the third Karnish that I have coordinated. Um, also, an interesting thing, the comic mm-hmm. book title Karnish comes from the um, from the view that the artists had in wow. the workshop room. Okay. So the, the workshop room itself overlooks the Sharjah Karnish. Mm-hmm. And that was... Uh, that was the iconic view that they were presented with while they were working. So we decided to name the book based on that. And we still keep our meetups in the same room that we started in. It feels incredibly personal and very beautiful, the idea, this how organic everything came to be and the fact that it became an annual thing. So congratulations on your latest launch. And this brings me to another question, which is comic as an art medium. Now, when we think of comics right now in this modern age, we think of Marvel and DC, the way they have kind of shaped everything and made comics accessible, especially superhero comics. But also there's another side to it and that there are many other types of comics and they are as important and as serious and as cool as superhero comics i myself love my superhero comics but also love other types of comics as well and it also reminds me of the perhaps unfortunately one of the few comic books that jump into my mind that are not superhero related that is sort of autobiographical autobiographical is persopolis by i'm trying to say her name marjan satrapi i believe her name was marjan I love her. I, she's she's wonderful, and like that also introduced me personally to comics as a medium to tell a story visually. So, from your point of view, Moza, what is the significance of comics as a medium? I mean, any medium of storytelling is highly, highly important, uh, but also comics being one of the most accessible and digestible forms of it makes it especially, especially important to me, in my opinion. Maybe I'm biased because I'm an illustrator, but I adore the art of it. Um, I adore how like a kid, a kid drawing and, and his school can just like come up with a few pages and publish them online and he can get a following off of that. Mm-hmm. It's very accessible. Anyone with, with like a pen and paper can go ahead and do something. Like you see a lot of these comic strips online. Um, you see stuff from personal stories to fantasies to political stuff to satirical stories to caricatures. It's it's just so malleable in that sense. And it doesn't require the same budget as other modes of narrative, such as mm-hmm. movies and shows. It's just, it's incredible in the ways that um, you can execute comics and publish them, especially now that people have access to online platforms. And um, again, also like shout out to Kurnish, where like a lot of people got their first go at publishing comics through that. Wow. Um, And places such as Focal Point, in which if it's not through Kurnish, we do accept um, uh, self-publishers who Mm -hmm. can like come up with a zine or a comic and uh, they can have a platform to do that. So comics, again, it's an important, it's an important medium, narrative medium that's accessible to the masses, enjoyed by adults and kids, and everyone is able to create a comic. That is true, now that I think of it. And I think one of the important parts of an 
illustrator or artist's life perhaps in general even a comic artist is their style and i again i i I follow you and I've been following you for a long time so I can see something and be like, yes, Moza did that. So it just kind of reflects who you are and what you're about. And as somebody who attempted to go into art a long time ago, I felt that I personally struggled with the concept of having a style and finding my own style. So how can an artist find their style, especially when it comes to you're illustrating or you're drawing even if it's illustrating different topics and ideas but people can look at that art and say yeah i know the artist it's so and so mm. um i would say the first thing an artist needs to do in the pursuit of finding their style is to consume art not as an eat it but like look at more <laughs> Yeah. Uh, whether it be visiting exhibitions, events, artist alleys, watching movies, mm-hmm. animated TV shows, eventually you'll find a bunch of things that you enjoy off of each different artist's style. Mm-hmm. And that will find its way into the work that you like to do. Because after all, a lot of artists do the kind of stuff that they enjoy, they personally enjoy. Yeah. And a lot of times these things will fuse. A lot of the small things that you like, oh, I like how this artist draws noses, or I like how that graphic designer does the covers. These things are going to eventually merge. So with more consumption of art and more practice, um, eventually all of these things are going to merge and make sense. That, that, That is actually something we've heard many times from many other artists as well. And that is practice and like you said, consume art and that eventually can mold you as well. Now, you said you love boning shirts and you love all these kind of wearable art. And honestly, I feel like it's also part of experimenting. And that is exactly what Focal Point is about. It's taking those lines, those borders that people consider as art and kind of blurring them with the various multidisciplinary ideas and all of that. Also, I believe that that's what Charge Art Foundation is about as well. So how, if you have so many ideas in your head as an artist, you want to try every single little thing and you're excited, how do you take all of that and try to tone it down? Not tone it down, but sort of like try to streamline it and go on about with your experimenting. Because I myself, as somebody again, I, I look at people and I'm like, huh, I want to try wood cutting. I want to try printing. I want to try this and I want to try pottery and I want to do everything. But sometimes you just end up saying, I want to do everything and then not do it. Um, So experimentation requires a lot of openness and less judgment of yourself because you want to do everything. But then the moment you don't find yourself perfect at it, you want to like step back and like quit it. But you need to be patient with yourself. You need to be open with yourself. And then also the, the entities who like Focal Point, for example, who showcase these things, they also need to be open to different forms of art or different executions of art. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what I adore about Focal Point, not to be biased, but <laughs> I, some of the stuff I see are stuff I've never seen anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen fully embroidered zines, like the entire, wow. like you can browse a book and it's just it's embroidered. The Goodness, whole thing. all I can think of is the amount of time and energy that must have went into it. That's amazing. Insane, insane. Um, and then also different methods of printing. Mm-hmm. Like you have bridal printing, you have people who would stitch stuff by hand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, 
it's it's important to showcase people who choose to have this like open approach to art. Yeah, uh, it's it's important to give them the platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually like showcase their work to more people which can in turn inspire other people to experiment and and see this as a viable form of art that they can work with i mean last year we've had um we've had like little blocks of sand <laughs> along with a publication it was by nasr zayani i believe uh being showcased along with the embroidered zine for example wow. so a lot of very very interesting stuff you're gonna see stuff you're not gonna see anywhere else so that's why focal point is quite special and speaking about the specialness of focal point now i know you are part of the community team at charge art foundation and you are one of the people who has been involved with corniche for quite a while so again biased but that's okay we admit it that sometimes we're biased but as an artist how important are events like focal point Again, uh, it's important to see what's out there. It's important to see what is a viable form of art. And uh, it's important to see what other people in your community or in your like region or mm-hmm. city are doing. Um, not only that, it's important to go and talk to people in these events. So n- not only is Focal Point showcasing artists, so a lot of these publishers are actually coming and showcasing their work themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're happy to have them back um, after the pandemic. So we've actually invited a lot of these independent publishers here to join us um, at Focal Point this year, um, as well as uh, the many events and um, uh, networking opportunities you're going to get. We're having a few artist meetups. We're mm-hmm. having an artist meetup, a sketch artist meetup, and a book haul meetup uh, mm-hmm. throughout the, uh, uh, the fair, in which you're going to get a lot of opportunities to talk to people and share ideas and showcase your work. So. Um, it's very important to to showcase uh, to come to these events show yourself and showcase your work and talk about your work uh, as well as support other artists in your community and region absolutely and again that's that's one of the reasons that i'm coming tomorrow to beta beta shamsi to check out popo point five and also moza told me that there are some interesting looking tote bags over there and I'm going to be buying a couple of them. It's all about supporting local artists and supporting independent artists, even if they come from far, far away. They just want to share their viewpoint and what they're all about. So before we part ways, Moza, I feel like I wanted to know what can you tell other baby artists or people who are still developing themselves or trying to find their footing in the world? What kind of advice can you give them? It's very, very important to balance out working on your craft versus like stepping out of that like studio den or your artist cave. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to work on your skills for sure, but you also need to uh, engage with everyone around you and the local community, whether it be it online, but most importantly in person, mm-hmm. because online, like a lot of the stuff that we see online are the algorithms and stuff. It's curated. Yeah. It's going to show your work to your target audience, which mm-hmm. is nice. But you also don't know where opportunities are going to come from people you don't expect. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's very, very important to to go to events such as such as Focal Point uh, and other exhibitions that we have in the foundation and talk to the people behind these things. Um, talk about your work, talk about your practice and get to know from them, from their own experiences and from what actually works here in the art scene in the UAE. Uh, because personally, I haven't grown as much as I did until after I st- stepped out of my comfort zone and mm-hmm. I started 
getting myself physically out there and participating in exhibitions and conventions and showcasing my work to the public. Mm-hmm. That's when I had a boom in my career and that's when I personally grew as a person as well as an artist. It makes a lot of sense and this is why we love foundations such as the Sharjah Art Foundation. I know, very biased, I'm a Sharjah girl, of course I'm going to be hyping up Sharjah Art Foundation. But also at the same time, we have to be appreciative of such a foundation that is very welcoming to all kinds of artists. Just like you mentioned, Mozart, is one of the most important aspects that even the foundations and institutions themselves are open to all kinds of artists and people and art forms for other artists to emerge and get out of their comfort zone and it was definitely within our comfort zone talking to you Moza and we love having you right here on Pulse95 and look forward to seeing you tomorrow and definitely go check out Moza and the rest of the artists and publishers who are going to be at Beit Abed Ashamsi at the Sharjah Art Foundation so basically this is happening from tomorrow the 25th all the way till Sunday so you have three days to check out the amazing things go buy some of Moza's shirts go find out if there are some tote bag stickers and conversations you might be wanting to have and also networking opportunities and there are so many things to do at these kind of fairs and as somebody who hasn't attended a couple of them let me tell you they're quite special this is pulse 95 tune in live every weekday from 4 p.m